talking about life, faith, and everything in between. This is Messy Christianity. And welcome. Guess what we're dealing with <laughs> oh, right I'm so now. angry right now. Oh, my god! I'm mad I could spit nails. Why don't you explain it? Why don't you explain oh, it? We just recorded 23 minutes of this podcast that didn't record. <laughs> so two-thirds of this was not done. But you know what? Here we are. That's the past. Here we are. Let's yeah. do it again, shall we? Let's do it. Gentlemen. You know what? Maybe it was because we started the podcast. When I say we, I started the podcast with a lie. That was the problem. Hmm. I think there's a spiritual truth in that. <laughs> Don't even remember. So let's I said, on. Brent, it's good to see you with your Marvel shirt oh, on. Yeah. And then we made fun of your cardigan and all that kind of stuff. And I was truly hurt. But <laughs> <laughs> since the you topic liar. today is sin, I forgive you. What is sin? What is sin? So that is the question. What is sin? We live in a world today that doesn't like to deal with this question. Mm-hmm. We don't We don't like the term sin. We don't want to talk about it. Uh, and I think it stems from the fact that we don't really want to admit that, that we're broken and that we are far from God. So... So let's start. What is sin? What What's the basic definition that you'd give for sin? <laughs> let's see. What did I say 27 <laughs> minutes ago? Um, so sin is anything that we do that goes against the heartbeat of God, against his character, against the nature of who he is, things that make God frown versus make him smile is one way of kind of thinking about that. I would say sin is ultimately rebellion against God. It, it's mm. it's not wanting His rule or reign in our life, and so it's saying to Him, "No, I'll yeah. have it my way." Yeah, sin promises something uh, that that deep down we think God is not maybe going to be able to deliver, um, at least not in the short term. Yeah, sin promises a false promise. So. Huh. So so why? Why do you think we have such a, such trouble with the concept of sin in today's culture? It seems as though uh, for several decades there's been a war against truth, and and it's very it's it, it it seems to be very subjective, or at least that's the the desire for it to be subjective. What's true for me may not be true for you, and vice versa. Um, why, why do we why do we reject truth like that? And and I guess we could even have a talk about the sources of authority, sources of truth. Where do you get truth? I mean, this is a. I mean, you just—it's like you keep peeling the layers of the onion when you talk about this. It goes to the essence of the battle between the temporary and the eternal, the things of the flesh versus the things of the spirit. And so, as flesh creatures, as people that walk in flesh in our fleshly tents, we deal with flesh day in and day out, and we're taught that the most important thing as a human being is. Our flesh, taking care of our flesh, taking care of uh, ourselves, and the, the essence of we are the most important thing. We're the center of the universe. We're, we may not be told that verbally, but that's the essence of what we're taught. When you watch television, you look at the commercials, and uh, you watch media, it portrays us as the center of the universe, and that is a lie against the very essence of who God is and of who he is as a spirit and who we are as spiritual beings and spiritual entities. Sin 
just to make this clear, sin does offer pleasure. You know, I think you said earlier, like, yeah. if sin wasn't fun, we wouldn't do it. So yeah. sin does offer... I would be totally sinless if sin wasn't yeah. fun. I mean, it's right. It, it does offer something temporary, a temporary satisfaction. There is something satisfying about sin. Um, now, it doesn't deliver in the big picture, and it often, most of the time, maybe all the time, it then leaves with an empty feeling after the sin is committed and whatever, you know, the shiny thing, newness wears off. Um, it leaves with it with that empty feeling. So we live in a culture that jumps from sin to sin to sin to sin. I mean, you hear the, you know, life is a party, live it uh, kind of thing. Uh, everybody's working for the weekend. You know, it's, it's that mentality of um, just going to the next thing to kind of keep, you know, the things of God. They are satisfying. They are gratifying, but but it's not as quickly. Um, faith is being sure of the things we don't see. Um, sin is right there in front of us, and so it's it's it. It's not a new issue, but it might be a more challenging issue in a culture that has billboards and iPads and phones and you know and I mean you can't go anywhere without blatant advertisement for something sinful right in your face. It's everywhere. So what is the origin of sin, biblically speaking? Of course, you know, we have to say our perspective, our worldview is that God's Word is the authority. So what God's Word says is what gives us our our direction, our understanding, our theology. And by the way, I don't think I mentioned it, but, but sin, talking about sin is actually theology. It's understanding a very core, basic theology uh, about the nature of man. You know, in, if you take a, a, a course in theology, you'll find the nature of God, the nature of the universe, the nature of man. And the nature of man, ultimately, at its fu- most fundamental uh, place, is that we are made in the image of God, and yet we have a sin nature. So mm-hmm. so talk a little bit about that. Where Adam are- and Eve, they're in, the, they're in paradise. They're in the Garden of Eden. God says, everything of mine is yours. We're in relationship. Everything's perfect. There is no sin. You have everything. I just ask you of this one thing. Do not eat of this fruit or this tree of, of knowledge, um, this tree of life. Don't eat of this. And uh, it's the forbidden fruit. And, of course, then the tempter comes in and says, Who says you can't eat of this? God's afraid if you eat of this. You're going to know like everything he knows. Um, so everything. We have everything. You have everything in God. But here's just one thing that's withheld. So, of course, we know the story Adam and Eve. They fall, and they sin, and they're naked, and how, who told you you're naked? <laughs> Guilt immediately came in. Um, sacrifices came in. That's where sin nature started. So now everybody born since then, we're born with what we call, you just mentioned it, a sin nature. We all have this bent towards uh, rebellion, I would say. Now, culture does not b- agree with that. No, I know. Correct. And there are... But yes, for the I would I would dare to say there are people that may listen to this podcast that are in churches on a regular basis that do not agree with that statement that would They're fall wrong. on the line yeah. <laughs> that would that would follow the the cultural line that the essence we're really good people right at the core the majority of people are good right. in who they are and that is a whether whether we choose as Christ followers to follow that line of thought that thought process disagrees with scripture right that is a theological issue so as a christ follower who believes it mm-hmm. inherently the essence of who we are really is the core are good people that is a misnomer that is not accurate in scripture yeah, I, yeah. I, 
So a few ways to combat that, um, you know, somebody that thinks that they're and their core good, slap them. <laughs> see what their <laughs> see what their next response but is. But please do it but, on Facebook yeah, Live no, so that yeah. we can see it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But uh, if if they if they themselves are being honest, yeah, about their their own personal thought life. Are they really a good? I mean, but, ultimately, but that's pride, though. If if my good outweigh my bad, then I'm a good person. Well, okay, that's a different yeah. story. I've I've done yeah. more good things than I have bad things, and so that truly is the culture that we live in. And as Christ followers, we battle that from a fleshly perspective because we've we've heard teaching along that yeah. same line that goes that may not be well, that's the older, that is not the biblical precedent right. but we still are taught that maybe in a in a Sunday school or a Bible study or things of that nature so this is not something that just the quote unquote lost and dying world's dealing with yeah. as Christ followers yeah. we we got folks that that struggle with this I've done more good than bad so I must be a good person right. and just to be clear what you're saying just for those who may yeah. have misunderstood you're not saying that You're're correct that. you're yeah. saying that that is a thought that people would say if my good outweighs my bad then I'm I, it, I must not be all that bad we're what saying I'm, you're what I'm saying, saying is that goes against scripture exactly. that is yeah. not what the Bible says yeah. So one of the things, if we can backtrack just a second, one of the things I love about that first uh, uh, introduction of what sin is with the story of Adam and Eve mm-hmm. is it also gives us a pattern that we still follow to this day of how we respond to sin. And that is that we yep. try to hide, yep. cover, and blame. Yep. And we still do that today. Yeah, it was Adam's fault, Eve's fault, yep. serpent's fault. Well, we hide from God. You yep. know, Adam, where are yep. you? Yeah. Well, we're hiding. Why are you hiding? Well, because we're naked. We but we guilty. made, but we made uh, fig leaves. You know, yeah. we made clothes to hide our shame. Yeah. And well, well, then, who told you you were naked? Yeah. Well, she did, right? Well, he yeah. did. I mean, so we still do that today. We yeah. hide from God, we blame others, and we try to cover up our sin. Right. Uh, the story of David's a perfect example of that. He, y'all know the story of David, not Heard you, it. but those listening. <laughs> a pretty amazing story, and it's pretty accurate about how we deal with sin as well. He yeah. sinned with Bathsheba; she became pregnant, so he thought to himself, "I'll fix this. Mm-hmm. I will call her husband Uriah from the front lines." He was a, a a warrior; he was fighting in a battle, and so he sent to the commander of the army, said, "Send me Uriah." So he brought Uriah home and said, "Hey, you uh, go spend some time with your wife," and he winds up sleeping outside of the the camp. Or outside of the city. And he goes, well, what are you doing, man? We, we brought you home. You need to go in and be with your wife. He goes, no, how, how could I be so... If his, his righteousness was showing there in the, in the midst of David's unrighteousness. And eventually, David sent Uriah back with word to the commander, put him on the front lines and yeah. have him killed. Him and killed. it's just this deeper and deeper cycle right. of we try to cover it, we try to hide it. But isn't it true that God knows everything? Oh, <laughs> Naked you came in this world, naked you'll leave. I mean, it's all bared before him. Yeah, God knows every God knows every action. He knows every thought before the action. Um, yeah, God knows all. That's um, it's a scary thought, but it's a truth. It's not a scary thought. It's actually an encouraging thought, really. <laughs> he already knows it anyway. That's um, makes it. I don't know. Sometimes easier to confess when I already know he's there. So. Hmm. So, so what's the cure for sin? What do we do with it? If we acknowledge we are, uh, 
uh, constrained by sin, if we acknowledge that we have a sin nature, if we acknowledge that sin is rebellion against God, separation from God, what is our response to that? What do we do? There's a twofold response depending on where you're at. First response is, I'm I don't. In Florida. Sir? <laughs> Sorry. In Florida. I got it. Go oh, ahead. My bad. The first response is, I'm not a Christ follower and. And I've had this revelation. I've had this truth that's been made known to me. At that point, it's basically saying yes to Jesus. Yes, I acknowledge who I am as a as a sinful person of sinful nature, and I give my heart, my life to you, and I want you to be the the ruler and the leader of my heart and my life. If it's a Christ follower that's dealing with that, they've got a sin issue in their life. I, again, this is a theological, and this I. <laughs> almost don't want to bring this up because I don't want to become the topic of, the, of a debate, but before you say yes to Jesus, your nature, the very nature of who you are is a sin nature. When you say yes to Jesus and you're given the gift of the Holy Spirit, you no longer have a nature of sin. You have a nature of God. You still in the flesh deal with sin, mm-hmm. but that's not the nature of who you are. So as a Christ follower, having the Holy Spirit of God, this godly spirit, this godly nature dwelling within you, when you deal with a sinful issue at that point, you acknowledge it for what it is and you deal with it in the spirit and through that you take care of it in the flesh but it doesn't you're not you're not trying to take care of a fleshly sin by dealing with it in the flesh because ultimately according to scripture that's not where the battle is it's against the principalities and dominions and powers in the heavenly it's this it's a spiritual issue that's basically um shown itself through a fleshly context does that make sense yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah, well, th- I, th- I think that that hits to the to the real struggle that we have as believers, because we, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation, right? The Scripture tells mm-hmm. us that. But even though we're a new creation, we have not uh, fully done away with the flesh. We're still living in this tent, and so yeah. it is a constant battling, which is exactly why the Scripture tells us that we are to be filled with the Spirit, a daily filling, mm-hmm. a daily renewal. Why the Scripture tells us that we're to be controlled by the Spirit, mm-hmm. we're to yield by Compared the Spirit. Compared to even to being drunk on wine. Absolutely. A, Absolutely. Something else comes in and controls us completely. So that's the goal, to be so, filled with the Spirit. You could almost say that the old cartoons with uh, you know the little angel on one shoulder yep. and the demon on the other is kind of what happens. We don't have a little angel and demon on the shoulders, maybe, but it is. It, <laughs> yeah. Our flesh yeah. is wanting what the flesh wants. Right. We have to make our flesh subject to what the spirit wants, right. and that is a daily, hourly, even uh, minutely battle. Mm-hmm. And part of the battle is because the evil one lies to us as that little demon picture in in your ear that says the flesh, the temporary, the immediate is the most important. If we, as Christ followers, acknowledge in, in the essence of who we are that the eternal, the spiritual is really what's most important, then the fleshly things of this world don't take the same precedent as they did. Now, it's important to make sure I don't, you know, I have food and clothing and transportation and lodging and things of that nature, but instead of that being the flesh-driven most important thing in my heart and my life, it's temporary. I acknowledge that, well, the house that I have, it's not going to be here eventually. At some point in the future, that house is no longer be here. The vehicle that I drive, no matter how new it is, how much it costs, at some point in the future, it's going to be back into the earth because 
it's not going to last forever. Everything that we sense and see and taste and touch in the flesh is temporary. So it's developing that mindset that and recognition that the, what I'm dealing with in the flesh is temporary. You know, it's, it, it's an analogy for this is if I'm in a rental, I'm renting something that belongs to somebody else. And I want different color carpet. I want different color walls. I want to add a back patio. I want to put sodding and all that kind of stuff. I can do it. I can spend my money and my time and my effort putting these things into the house. But at the end of the day, it's not where I'm staying. Yeah. It's not It's not my final residence. The smarter thing would be to put my attention and my focus and my resources into something that's more permanent. And I think when it comes to the flesh and the spirit battle, that's kind of what we're dealing with. We're wanting to satisfy the flesh because it's the now. Where we really should be doing or putting our attention is in the eternal, in the kingdom of God. That's why Colossians tells us, set your hearts on things above, set your mm-hmm. minds on things above. Yeah. And and when we can refocus and shift our thinking and our, and our hearts, then it doesn't take care of the flesh but it makes the battle maybe. I don't want to. Say we understand no. the battle yeah. a little bit more now. We, you know, we we have that that long term perspective. But, um, but the, the battle's still hard because that 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 right here right now is is awfully tempting. Yeah. Um, it's all. But let's read this passage in James. Um, it says, "When tempted, no one should say God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He tempt anyone. But each person is tempted." when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Um, so we see a progression there that it does start with a temptation, but the temptation is, uh, it's not from God, but it's um, by our own evil desires, and then it says we're enticed. And then when that desire conceives, it gives birth to sin, and then sin leads to death, but... Um, so I guess it, the essence of it is an acknowledgement. Is this a temptation or is this a test? Because the temptation is not from God, as James says. But Paul says that to the testing of our spirit, testing of our faith, develops perseverance. And perseverance develops character. And character develops that hope in the eternal. Mm-hmm. So it's that recognition. And, and we're dealing with it in the flesh, in the moment. Part of our our go-to sh- response should be, Father, is this of you or is this not of you? Is this a temptation that my own flesh is dragging me or trying, attempting to drag me to? Or are you testing my spirit to develop character and perseverance within me so that I'm a better individual in the flesh uh, because of my walking in the spirit? And for the ones, and there, yes, but there are some things that don't even require prayer. Like we know that that uh, the old preachers used to talk about it was compared to like fishing and there's the worm on the hook. There's some things we know that that worm on that hook is evil and it is not of God. And so it's, it's not a, it's just a, it's a flee immediately, flee the devil and he will run, you know, kind of get away from that situation. Cause, and I've used this many times in, in counseling sessions, but if we sit there and stare at the worm and say, Hmm, 
I know that's wrong. Don't eat the worm. 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 But maybe it's a gummy worm. Hey, I'm just gonna smell the worm. I'm just gonna come close and look at it. Yep. Yep. I'm not supposed to eat like a glutton, but I'm just gonna go sit in Golden Corral and just hang out for a while and just smell the food. Well, you know what you're going to do. You're yeah. going to be enticed by your own evil desire, and you're going to eat like a pig. So you're saying it's sin to go to Golden Corral? Well, I didn't say I'm it, pretty it, sure that's what you said. That's what it's said. Hashtag Golden Corral. I'm thinking he's just condemned everybody, including myself. Thank he's goodness he didn't mention the Chinese buffet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? Excellent the first point. plate's not sin. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how big the plate Maybe is. Maybe the second plate. Okay. So actually, you know. Oh, that reminds me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Come on. Come on. Do I it. Do this, it. I got to share this story. I, here we go. And, and, I, and I love this kid. Um, he's, he's a grown man now. Um, <laughs> back years ago, one of my previous churches I was a youth pastor at, we did something called the 40-Day Challenge. And in the challenge, what we encouraged students to do, and, and this is a great idea, is to fast from something for 40 days or to change your a habit for 40 days. So. This was a guy who was struggling with with some eating issues, and he said, "I'm for my forty days. I'm going to give up seconds, second portions." And we're <laughs> like, "Dude, that is so awesome! Yeah. That's man, God bless you!" And so the very next week on Wednesday night. I went, and, and we were in the middle of that 40-day challenge, and I remembered he said, I'm not going to do seconds anymore, and I look at his plate, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Overflow with buddy, <laughs> you don't need seconds or thirds this time around. <laughs> Golly. It reminded me of a place I went plate. to with, with Jeff oh years God. and years ago. Oh, oh, my goodness. Do you remember the Do you remember a place we went to in Russia, and it was, it was a salad bar, but you could go to the salad bar one, one time, time, but it was this, it was a salad bar where it was literally, you saw how high you could make your oh plate. Goodness. And it was literally people walking out of there with, with enough salad creatively designed on this plate. It was like four feet high. Tower of Babel. Yeah. I was like, oh my goodness. I don't know why all that came back to me. Yeah, that's that's awesome. funny. Cause that's the way we do, man. Yeah. But you know, you my work around, my work around. If I say no here, yeah. I'm a work around so I can really yeah. have yeah. it, but I'm going to say that I did the right thing. Right. Which, which is, a perfect segue into what I want to say next in that when we're younger as younger believers we label sin as action that sin is something we do yeah. and what we really really want is a checklist mm-hmm. and and you know we want to know how close to the line can I come without stepping over it which is the totally yeah. opposite of what we should be doing right. sin is not the action sin it, well, excuse me. Sin, sin is expressed in the action, but ultimately, sin starts in the heart. It's a reaction the, to the to the heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the passage you just read mentioned that that mm-hmm. it's a heart issue, it's a it's a mind mm-hmm. issue, and then and then it's a, it's fleshed out yeah. by acting. And so we want very definitive lines. This is sin. This is not. Right. We don't want to have to work through. We don't want to have to discern. And, right. you know, one of the Jesus made it clear. He said, look, you, you have heard it said, do not commit adultery. But I say if anyone mm-hmm. commits adultery in his heart, you know, it's You've a heart issue. It. Yeah. <clears throat> so where this really gets difficult is that we can technically not sin in the flesh, but we can have the totally rotten heart and be deceived. And, and I would it. even argue that you're going to sin in the flesh. It, it, like, yeah. It, it's going to outflow. For a time, though. It, yeah, 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 for a time. But it's just strict up discipline there but at some point that's going to outflow into actual actions and then we can even label things as sin that may not necessarily be sin for Mm -hmm. instance what's a lie well 
a lie is not telling the truth. Okay? But are there some times where not telling the truth is actually not sin? Are you hiding people in your house? Yeah. Yeah. That's the classic. Ethics yeah, that, classic. That, that's the classic. You yeah. know, if, if I'm hiding Jews in my, in yeah. my home in Nazi Germany, and yeah. they come to the door, knock on the door, say, are you hiding Jews? Do I tell them yes? Um, I would say no. Okay, that, so the strict interpretation right. of lying would be that then you've lied, you've bore false, bared false witness. So how do we how do we how do we wrestle with that? I can't remember the word, but there's basically a um, uh, the way we struggled through that in ethics class was sometimes a moral. What was the word? Like there's a higher moral overrides another. The law of love. Yeah, yeah. Something overrides that, that. That's the you know. There are times when you do, thou shalt not murder. Well, somebody comes in your house and he's about to shoot your family. You kill him, you know. It's breaking a commandment, but is there a higher... This just took a left turn completely, yeah. but... That, no, no. Well, but see, this is the real thing, though. This is what we really have to deal with, because sin is not this this nice, neat package of do this, don't do that. It really does boil down to the heart. What's the intention of the heart? What am I trying to do? Am I trying to cheat well, someone... Uh, get around something, hide something, or am I in, yeah. in, in doing this? Am I loving God? And I would say a, a a fault of of some teaching, modern Christianity, maybe even older Christianity, is we have so emphasized the do and don't list and the list of things not to do that we haven't really enough, anyway, talked about the things of the heart. Um, and you know. Some of my most amen corner sermons I've preached in the past were when I made the laundry list of things you're not supposed to do. Don't drink, amen, don't smoke, amen, you know, amen, 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 preacher, tell them, you know. And, oh, me. <laughs> you know, yeah, but then, you know, you got somebody sitting in the crowd that's really struggling with, or they're not struggling, they should be struggling with greed or pride or... or, or gluttony. Gluttony. Or, but, you know, it's something that's... My favorite that's, now. Uh, you know, pride is... We, we actually put it on a pedestal even yeah. and and acknowledge, don't even acknowledge it but um but yeah i mean sin is it's it's much deeper now those those deeper issues they're going to play themselves out in ways too um that are visible at some point but um yeah it's a sin is deeper than just the i think also part the of the list. struggle that the evil one loves for us the evil one loves for us to battle against <clears throat> sin because if I'm battling against sin, I'm not actually I'm not going the right direction because from a Christ following perspective, I should be seeking after holiness and purity mm-hmm. and the right standing with God. Right. That needs to be the essence. I'm not, because if I look at sin and I was like, I'm gonna deal with you, sin, honestly, I'm never gonna be able to accomplish it because I can't take on sin one on one. I'm gonna lose every single time. Right. I might I might have, you know, it that's so what comes to mind is the idea of the, the slogan that the alcohol anonymous, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous use of once a alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. I'm an alcoholic no matter if I've been mm-hmm. alcohol-free for 88 yeah. years. I'm still dealing. I'm still an alcoholic mm-hmm. in the essence of it. So if we deal with sin one-on-one, that's not the answer. As a Christ follower, the answer is I'm seeking after God. I'm pursuing holiness and purity, mm-hmm. clean hands, pure heart, resolute spirit. If that's my pursuit, God will reveal the sin, and we can deal with it. But 
Mm-hmm. We don't take sin on face to face. We go to the holiness of God. That's my it's absolute say. absolute truth. And we often want to compare ourselves to others when it comes to sin. Well, I'm not as or even holiness. Or even holiness, yeah. you're right. Yeah. I'm not like them, you so know, I'm so right. I'm not too too bad. And the truth is our hearts are are stained, especially in a culture that is has morally falling. I mean, we're in a moral failure society and if we're if we as believers are comparing ourselves to a culture that is on the massive We're looking decline. pretty good then. We're looking really good yeah. comparatively. Yeah. But, you know, we have to be honest with this. There are things that, that we allow in our circles today that would have been shunned, you know, a, a generation ago even. Yeah. Um, and, and that's scary. But and there are things generations ago that they shunned that really wasn't sin at all. And today we're going, you know what? That yeah. was just legalism, right? Right. Now, I don't have a specific no. There's a balance necessarily, that. but yeah. but you know it can it can go both ways, right? One of the things that I, I I want to do, and I and I hope people will do, is there's so much shame involved in sin, and the problem with shame is that shame can override or overshadow God's grace, and so the shame keeps us in a hole. The shame causes us to not want to approach God. The shame causes us to want to just, you know, bury ourselves somewhere. And we would never have the hard attitude of, Lord, I've sinned, here I am. Yeah. But we should have the attitude of, Father, I, I've, I've screwed up again. Well, and there's, a, there's a difference in attitude there. As, go ahead. Well, just studying on addictions and stuff in the past, there's, there's cycles of addictions. And addiction, not just meaning alcohol or, or sex or whatever it may be, but anything, any type of sin, it can be an addiction. Um, there are cycles to that, and one of the one of the things that triggers uh, an addict from from the next act is sometimes the shame of the past act. So you know, living in the remorse and the shame and just constantly feeling the flesh doesn't like that. So the flesh wants to to feel a boost again, and so actually goes back to the thing that that pulls them out of this. And then they go back to the same old, old, whatever it is, and it feeds that flesh, and it does provide a temporary shot in the arm. I feel better. And then the shame sets on, and it's it's even worse than the time before. Well, then the shame's bad, so you feel bad, so you go back to the shot in the arm again. Yeah. So the shame, not just from a, obviously, a spiritual, cl- our standpoint, but I would say even clinically, you know, a doctor, a psychologist would say, you got to get yourself out of this cycle of shame and shame and shame because it's leading you back to the same old, same old. So as Christians, we we would come to that and say, you got to accept the grace and the forgiveness of God. you got to accept that, that God has cast that sin as far as the east is from the west. Let it go and uh, now move on, you know. So I, I would end by saying that if you have in your heart of hearts, truly repented. Ask God for forgiveness for whatever that sin is. And you still have that shame and condemnation whispering in your ear that is a lie and an attack from the evil one. Acknowledge it as a lie and attack because you are forgiven. You are forgiven. Period. Now, you may you may still have an addiction that you're trying to overcome, yeah. but from a forgiveness perspective, you've been forgiven until unless you make that act again, you commit yeah. that sin again, to which heartfelt repentance, again, shame and condemnation for, for things that have been forgiven, that's attacks of the evil one. Yeah, I concur. 
Well, guys, good podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, sin is one of those issues that we're going to deal with the rest of our life. Hopefully, we will become more biblical. We will become more sensitive and more gracious. I think that uh, there's a there's a fundamental truth that the more grace we need, the more grace we receive, and the more grace we're able to give. Yeah. You know what Jesus said? He said, "To him who much has been forgiven." Or to Given. him who's forgive, been forgiven much forgives much, right? right? So that's kind of kind of where we are. And the old, the longer I live this this walk in my faith, the more I realize my need for forgiveness. And so I, I can't be as judgmental. I can't be as legalistic. I can't be as angry at other people for sinning because you know I have to use the same standard for me, and that's that's humbling. But it's also it's also freeing. It, may, it it takes me out of being the judge and jury. Mm. I don't have to, to be the Holy Spirit in people's lives. That's, that's God's job. Mm. That's a good place to be. All right. Well, thank you. We will see you on the flip. Later, guys. Thank you for listening to Messy Christianity. Three guys talking about life, faith, and everything in between. Want to know more? Check us out at storypointchurch.com or www.messychristianity.com